Well, hello, everyone. My name is David Apple, head of the SaaS Vertical here at Sage Tech, host of the Modern SaaS Finance Podcast. We created this for you, CFOs, controllers, FP&A leaders, RevOps, just members of the finance community and fast-growth SaaS companies. On these discussions, we cover subscription usage, billing models, RevRec, SaaS metrics, forecasting, just the key things you need to do to drive the trajectory of your firm wherever you're at on the way to IPO and beyond. Joining me today, a guy that I've gotten to know over the last several years, Mike Melka is the CFO of Ponderance. Mike and I met several years ago, and the reason I asked him to join is he is a serial SaaS CFO. He's been through this several times. He's got great insights he can pass on to you as you're trying to think about how you build your team and definition of success and the processes that you're going to put in place. But Mike, let's start at the beginning. You share with us a little bit about who is Ponderance and what is your background? Well, great intro, David. Thank you so much for that. And uh, obviously for the, for, for, the, uh, for the kind words. So Ponderance, so we, we are a managed uh, detection and response uh, cybersecurity firm. So we provide you know, end-to-end cyber protection for our clients um, through a variety of tools and um, both human tools and uh, digital tools. And tell everyone a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get into finance and being this this great, you know, multi-time CFO? So, I mean, I've, that's a good question. I've spent, uh, you know, the early part of my career in, in public companies, helping, you know, companies go from, you know, whether it's spinoffs or IPOs, um, and just helping them building those, their internal infrastructures to then leveraging that into a career in technology through FP&A. So, you know, my, one of my the final times of that, in that kind of role, you know, we were acquired and then the acquiring company helped me get into FP&A, um, at which point, you know, I leveraged that into, into other kind of functional verticals, if you will. And, you know, I, I, you know, there's an element of risk, of course, but I did take uh, my, first, <laughs> my, my first role as a CFO of a tech company um, over a decade ago. So, you know, it was it was a little bit of a leap of faith, but, you know, being able to be well-rounded enough to, you know, really add the value and learn, you know, what investors are looking to do um, with these, you know, highly successful early stage companies, you know, was a lot of fun, naturally. And it's, it's as much fun as you think it would be. Yeah. So Mike is you. Just great training at uh, firms that gave him the foundation and then the power of forecasting FP&A in order to drive forth the growth of the company, both at the investor and the peer executive level. And Ponderance is on fire right now. It's in the right place at the right time with how it's providing security services. We see that in the results and the growth of the company. But let's talk, Mike, let's Let's draw that experience from the last 10 years that you had. What does a CFO need to focus from the early stages of funding into growth stages of funding and the size of the company? So really, I think that the number one thing that a CFO needs to do is install confidence in the operating team to its investors, right? So okay. I come at it from a private equity back perspective, and, and the same is true for you know, venture backed, et cetera, but really installing instilling rather confidence of your management team and and your ability to demonstrate command over the business and being able to articulate that up to your investors and and the only way you can get there is to really understand your metrics and to really have a grasp of you know what what the business is doing 
what your lovers are and demonstrating kind of your, your just overall your familiarity with those various uh, dynamics of your, your individual business. You know, every company has a story it's trying to tell about the TAM that it's going after, what makes it unique in addressing the people's needs in that space, and then the, the trajectory and the success that it's having. And those, that story, above me on the eloquence of it, meets numbers underneath it in order to get there. So as you're, as you're doing that and providing that confidence to the investors and the management team, what are the key tips that our listeners can take away as what you need to do to build the team as you're doing that? Oh, that's an interesting question. And you're absolutely right. It's a story. And as you, you know, and the results kind of prove out the story and being able to, you know, point investors to the, the elements of the data and the elements of the results that either support, you know, or go the other way from from your hypothesis in many ways. But building the team, you know, in that in that regard is, is really bringing in individuals who understand the broader picture, right? Who understand the broader mission, what you're trying to do so that they can be multifaceted uh, for your team. And, you know, you're not just having a very siloed, you know, functional set in your team. You're having utility players, especially at this stage. You need folks who, you know, can, you know, at least have the open-mindedness to get into other areas and just look at the business holistically. You know, some folks, you know, you can call it ownership mentality, but, but really, looking for people for good well-rounded individuals with with a drive i think it's is the most important element to adding to your team at this stage yeah what a great phrase catchphrase ownership mentality it's so key at this there's people that are buying into forming it out and you know you bring on you as the cfo to, or your peer or someone like you the, the skills that you have and then a good controller who's going to start putting some processes in place and the compliance in the early days of the audit and depending how nuanced and complicated the billing model is a billing specialist to handle billing and revenue recognition it's just core foundations to, to put in place because in as much as you're building the team there's processes you need to, to put to, to bring clarity and automation for those metrics what's your suggestion to our, our listener about what processes to focus upon in this transition well, I, I would number one automate wherever possible. Mm -hmm. You know, there, mm -hmm. there's nothing, and, and you know, we can talk about Sage in a minute, but you know, just leveraging the technology tools out there that many of us, when when you first get into the space, you, you're used to legacy tools, you get legacy processes. You know, God forbid we have to do, you know, Excel <laughs> spreadsheets. You know, your Excel, Excel time. Sorry, everybody just winced. By the way, everybody's <laughs> you know. like, ugh. Excel T&E reports, you know, nobody likes those. And yet some people still do them. Um, so, you know, that, that's a very simple example, but automate where possible. You'll, you'll never believe how much time it really does free up that initial change to, you know, get folks used to, you know, a digital workflow is, is so worth it. And I don't have a peer that I know of that would disagree. Mm -hmm. What should folks automate? Let's just say it, it's a model like you. It's a low higher ACV, multiple line items on the quote with potentially some M&A, excuse me, MEA affected in the rev rec. What would, you, what would your suggestion to the listener be about building a, a, a checklist on what to automate? Well, I mean, anything that doesn't require judgment, right? Ooh. You, know, Ooh. You, know, you know, I think, and, that, and that's been my mentality, especially my last two roles with, with you know, rolling out Sage Intech, whether it's, you know, the, the built-in contracts module and RevRec module, 
you know, from a from a billing and, and kind of subscription billing perspective, or whether it's a third party tool that that's where they do, you know, that itself, you know, if you think about a deferred deferred revenue schedule, it doesn't, you know, it's it's just fixed. Like you just set this, you know, set it and forget it. You know, you don't need a human to do that. You need a human to compile spreadsheets, but you know, if if they're different and you need them to to update them occasionally, but that's that all can be automated in, in a particular system. So when I when I think about what systems automate, I really think about where do you want your team to spend their time? You know, and where and you want them to spend their time using their, their business acumen, their judgment, right? Analyzing the data, not compiling and, and you know pushing paper. Yeah, gosh, you know, I've, I've interviewed so many folks and I ask them what the least favorite part of the job is and it's doing manual reconciliations when, you know, automation hasn't taken things over and what their favorite part of the job is. And it's analyzing to find patterns that'll help the company work even more efficiently on that. And, you know, and I think it kind of gets into our third question that I talked about in the green room, which is ultimately to instill confidence, what do investors want to see in the metric? Well, I mean, it really does depend on on the investor for sure. Um, but they want to see, you know, they want you to do what you say you're going to do. And they want the results to show that, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you say you're going to I don't know, cut costs or you're going to be more efficient or you're going to get a, a higher yield on your investment, they want to see that. And, and they want to see it soon. They don't want to wait for it. <laughs> you know, Sound familiar to anybody. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, being able to just derive the data, you know, derive decisions from the data. And and even if, you know, what you predicted to happen didn't, being able to derive decisions and actionable uh, insights from the data is really key, you know, because when you just have a lot of data that doesn't tell you you anything or you're not able to pull it out, you're kind of left in a stalemate. But being able to pull the data, and most times your investors can help you. You know, they're pretty savvy financiers themselves. So just getting the data and understanding what it's telling you, I think, is is crucial. And having real time data as near to real time data as you can is only going to make that journey a lot smoother. Yeah, there's so much experimentation here, you know, getting product markets fit and then getting a repeatable sales process and then retaining customers and then doing it all profitably as you kind of go through each stage of growth on it and there's and there's so many unique measures too based upon your billing model are you high acv or are you high volume and are you usage billing or you can go on i mean i've got long presentations about this and blogs by the way if you want to just search on david apple intact blogs usage billing or SaaS metrics there's so many nuances you can do all this but it, i think a, 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 the key point that you just laid out there that's a big takeaway for audience is just do what you say you're going to do and sometimes there's experiments here that you don't know what the answer is, but was there a good hypothesis? You hold yourself accountable and are you persisting until you succeed in proving out your hypothesis? That's the other thing that gives an investor confidence. It's an ownership uh, mentality you had really. Yeah, um, accountability. Right? I mean, and, and having the tools to help you be accountable is, you know, that's half the battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that in the team and like the teams you've hired and, and developed have been so proud to work with them. They're all such competent, hardworking, 
individuals. And um, I, I appreciate that in the last several companies you've chosen, Sage Intact, that we're, we're appreciative, we're humbled by it. And would you share with everybody a little bit, how is Sage Intact helping you do those three things of focusing on the processes, the lead to metrics that the investors want to see and empowering the team to automate the two of them? Well, it's, you know, to me, it's down to just a, a few things. Number one, you know, being able to grow my business without, you know, adding more manual work. So kind of instant consolidations, if you will. You know, if I make an acquisition, I would just want to be able to roll out another entity, you know, book the entries and move, right? And just layer those businesses into my into my existing processes, you know? And it's also about, um, you know, extensibility to best of breed, you know, software products. If my team uses salesforce.com and, you know, in pretty much all of my recent roles, I want, a, I want a system that talks to Salesforce very well and is almost like a flip of a switch. You know, I want to be able to use, you know, leading workflows outside of, you know, typical accounting. Maybe that's commission software. Maybe that's, you know, time and expense approvals. You know, maybe there's some global products that I need that are very country specific. Um, I need a system that can talk well, you know, and play, play nice in the sandbox with any other system I want to use. And Intact has been that for me. And, and really it's, it's in, it in and of itself as a just streamlined UI that is really easy to teach. It's not exactly like QuickBooks, but people pick it up pretty quickly. You know, I was impressed with how, how quickly my team here at Quandurans picked it up. I walked in with experience, but they're, you know, they're almost fully functional with just a few sessions. And then the training, the training sessions and the training materials kind of, the, I forget what it's called you know, very, very effective and, and helped my team greatly to be able to learn it independently. Well, it's, it pulls it all together. And I thank you for doing that because we have been able to help you with all three of those things and on integrations. So you're able to transition how you built your tech back, roll it up, and then having the consolidations across the entities and then a, a really tight GL and chart of accounts that passes compliance. If you do reporting on what happened in the past and forecasting, leveraging your FP&A insight on what's happening in the future. It's just, it's great. And I hope you, our listener, just got some of the great takeaways from Mike's 10 years because we try to make these really concise and packed away on what you need to think about with, for your team and your processes and your investors. Uh, as we're wrapping up here, I just thank you, Mike, for doing this. And thank you, all of you, for listening because don't make today just a one-time event. Please join the Modern SaaS Finance SaaS community and Slack community. It's at https colon slash slash bit.ly slash modern SaaS finance, bit.ly slash modern SaaS finance, one word, where your peers all get together to talk about these topics and fundraising, business models, just what it takes to build a great team. If you like today, please subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with future episodes. We're available on all the major streaming platforms. Mike, any final thoughts for our listener? No, look, you know, I, I've had great success with Intact, and 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 it's it's easy to make this decision no matter where I go. But look, it's it's been a journey, and, and I really enjoy being able to share my journey in a, in a small way with this group. And you know, I look forward to you know continuing to work with Sage and, and yourself because this is you know it's been a great partnership. We're having a good time, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's fun to see the great companies you're building and the confidence that you are giving investors. Everybody, thank you for spending the time with us. Please have a great day.